We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigger. It's a pleasure to have you along. And I guess it was earlier this summer, a couple months ago, we had David Driver on to talk about his book as he wrote about uh, basketball overseas and a lot of folks in the Commonwealth who have played overseas. There were some from JMU as well. But we talked at the time that he had a new book coming out and that it should be out before too long. And it is out and ready to go. You can, you can go to Amazon.com and get it. I mean, there's many different places you can get it, but it's called from... Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy, and David Driver, one of the authors of the book, is with me right now. Hi, David. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Uh, good to chat with you again, and hope all is well. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's going great. It's, it's a busy time, but it is uh, it is for you, especially trying to promote this book as, as this just came out. But, boy, tell me the, the feeling when, when you have a book published, it's out and ready for, for the public to, to consume it. Uh, what, what's that feeling like? That's got to be great. It is, and we've gotten some really good reviews. You know, I, I think the sales and, and, and the feedback, to be honest, that's like kind of the, the cherry on top of the ice cream. I mean, you know, it's it's fun to do. Uh, Lacey, my colleague, is a great guy to work with. He's been in Virginia for a long time. So, but yeah, I mean, you don't want to write a book and then nobody is able to read it, right? <laughs> so so um, it is nice to get feedback. It is a good feeling. And I think I think for both of us, you know, both of us have, covered baseball for about 30 years in Virginia at, at various levels. And, um, yeah, you know, we've worked on it the last few months, but it's kind of like a culmination, too, I think, for both of us, um, having been around the game for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And is that kind of – is is that why you guys wanted to, to write this book, just because you've been around the game for so long, you know there's such a great baseball history in the Commonwealth that uh, that this is – that's kind of why you, you went about this? Well, it kind of it kind of happened. You know, you mentioned the basketball book. I, I kind of finished the basketball book up in February, and I had just finished about two years as a sports editor at the paper in Harrisonburg, of course. And so I kind of had had some really, you know, good stories that I had collected over those two years. And I thought maybe there was a market for, um, you know, market for those stories. I'll be honest, Dave. I mean, you know this now that you've been in the Valley. You could write a book on the RCBL. <laughs> right. You could write a book. You could write a book on the Valley League. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have 350 pages, and I think we could have done 350 pages more. Um, you know, there's 350 natives of Virginia who have made the major league. So, you know, we probably did something on maybe 40 of them, 50 of them. So there's so much out there. But, um, you know, we didn't want it to be a history of baseball in Virginia. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That might've been hard to track down some information, but I wanted it to be about people. And I feel like we have some pretty good personal stories in there. Absolutely. We're talking with David Driver. His new book is out. He did it with Lacey Lusk. It's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. And talk a little bit more about that and, and how you went about it. Cause you're right. It could just be a history of, of baseball in Virginia, but um, talk about the, the reason you went the, the route that you did. Yeah. So I think, what we tried to do, um, and hopefully we succeeded, hopefully, um, is to represent all the state. Um, and I'll be honest, I just, you know, a third of the chapters are actually connected to the Shenandoah Valley. That's probably my bias. But <laughs> we, tried to re- we tried to represent all the state um, as, as fair as we could. We divided it into six regions. And we tried to do um, every level, um, from high school, college, the minor leagues, and major leagues. We didn't delve too much into the Little League. Um, you know, I do mention the Bridgewater Little League program. Um, the Little League program in Northern Virginia at Vienna is very similar, really has produced major leaguers. So, yeah, we tried to do um, all the levels and represent all the states as, as best we could. 
Okay, we're talking with David Driver. He's a Harrisonburg native, went to TA, played baseball there, played baseball at EMU as well. And again, we had him on earlier this summer, but he's got his new book out right now called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. And, you know, just kind of talk about that rich baseball legacy for folks that don't know or, or maybe are oblivious to it a little bit. Um, there is Baseball in, in Virginia, man, it is, it's impressive when you do look at the history of it. I th- I th- and I, we wrote this on the back cover. I think what makes Virginia distinctive i think there's a couple things okay sir first of all virginia doesn't have its own major league team playing in in, you know in the border obviously the nationals are just a few miles away so you don't have and i think years ago i read that you know virginia had the, the the most population of any state in in the united states that didn't have a major league team in one of the the four major sports again the geography of washington dc kind of skews that a little bit but and we put this on the back cover too. I think it's the, it's the small towns. I mean, um, because of the RCBL, the Valley League. I mean, to have those two leagues, you know, I, I was thinking about this today. I mean, from downtown Harrisonburg, within a two-hour drive, you have what, you know, seventeen teams, whether the Valley League or the County League. Then you throw in JMU, Eastern Mennonite, Bridgewater. I mean, <laughs> you've got so, not only do you have quantity, but you also have quality, and you know I was I talked to Coach Ray Heatwell, who of course a lot of people know, um, who coached at Turner Ashby, Bridgewater, and JMU. I mean, I was talking to him a lot this spring, as I saw a lot of games, and he, you know, he grew up here his whole life, and he said, I don't know what it's like in Chicago or Los Angeles, but we have it pretty good here. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't have the chance to look at communities across the United States. I mean, I know there are adult leagues around the country like the RCBL, but then you throw in the fact that the Valley League is distinct because there's only so many of those type leagues. The fact that you have them both in the same area makes Virginia unique. Yeah, no question. I Every time, when I first got out here and, and heard about the, the RCBL and, and talked to folks about it, and then I'd tell people from, from where I came from, from the Midwest, about the league, they're like, Really? That's that's awesome. I mean, because there were some adult leagues there, but it's nothing like nothing like it is here. And it's just, I think people, and I, I've, I've talked to some people this summer about it. That you know, I think folks around here maybe sometimes take it for granted, and, and just you know, it's been around for so long. It's always something that happens in the summer, and everybody loves it. But just kind of take it for granted. Um, it, it's so special that, that the county league is, and, and again, the valley league is just a little bit different animal. But it, it's special too. But the county league, there's just there's really nothing like it around around America. I mean, you know, I, I was fortunate to be at Game Five on Monday night mm-hmm. at Clover Hill, and you know, sitting behind home plate is. Mike Bocock and Bob Weiss, who you know, <laughs> right. bet- bet- you know, between them probably have a hundred years of baseball experience. You know, when we're watching Huffman, you know, pitch for Bridgewater. Here's a guy I'd forgotten he had gotten as high as AAA with the Padres. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, they, you know, Mike and Bob think maybe he was hitting ninety early on. And you know, what is it like for for somebody who maybe will only play at the Division three level to get to bat against somebody like this? Right. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity, very similar when I played, you know, if you can get a hit against a guy who played <laughs> minor league base, that's your claim to fame, right? Absolutely. So just, I mean, in the atmosphere Monday night, I was talking to a lot of people, some who were in the book, um, it was kind of like, wow, this is like how it used to be. Great attendance. I mean, it, it was packed and people out in the outfield and on top of their trucks. It was, it was just a great atmosphere Monday night. Not a, you know, not a 
a close game, but it was a great atmosphere. Again, we're talking with David Driver. He's got his new book out. He wrote it with Lacey Lusk. It's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. And it's funny you say that, you know, if you get a hit off of somebody, you remember that. When I was playing, I think it was Legion Ball back in uh, back in Nebraska, and we were on the, the Kansas-Nebraska border. Mark Simino was a guy, people around here probably don't know the name, but he was a linebacker that went to Kansas State, was an All-American. Mm-hmm. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles and some other teams. But he was the pitcher against us one night. I think I might have been the only one to get a hit off of him. So I still <laughs> I still remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, I, I can still remember hits I got 40 years ago. It, yeah, you definitely you definitely remember the good moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, we're talking with David Driver, and you know, you you mentioned some of the the managers and coaches from around here. Did you dive into that a little bit, talking with, about some of the the guys that have been around the RCBL in the Valley League for so long? Yeah, we did. Um, Certainly, again, could have done a lot more. Yeah. Um, I was up at Clover Hill on, on, in June to see a game and talk to a couple players. Some of them have played for 10, 15 years. And we also have a feature on Kirk Messick, who's pitched in the league for, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and I know you mentioned him on your show the other day, winning the Spirit Award. So, you know, we tried to have a range. I mean, you know, here's a pitcher who's pitched in the County Lake for 15, 17 years. Then we got a feature on a, on a major league player that played the majors for 15 years. So there's definitely a dichotomy there. Um, like I said, you could write a book on the RCBL, and, and maybe someday somebody will. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking with David Driver. He's a Harrisonburg native and uh, went to TA, played at EMU a little bit, but uh, he's got his new book out right now. And, you know, you guys talk a lot about, too, and I guess first, when you look around the state, obviously we here in the Valley know what, what we've got here. How about some other spots around the Commonwealth that, that are, are really rich with baseball tradition? Well, I think most people from Virginia will, will definitely realize the Tidewater area. No question. Um, you know, with, with that run that they had, you know, the draft from about 20 years ago with Ryan Zimmerman, David Wright, the Upton brothers. Um, I, I'm sure we might hear from some Tidewater people saying there's not enough in the book about that section. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, I mean, we tried to touch on that. Um, you know, Eddie Butler is a pitcher who pitched down the road at Radford in college, and he had a nice major league career. Um, with the Cubs and the Rockies, and he's now playing in the Independent League, just like Austin Nicely from Spotswood is also in the Atlant- has been in the Atlantic League this year. So Eddie Butler's from Chesapeake. Um, the other thing, you know, um, we tried to to be as current as possible. You know, the book came out about a month ago, but we've been but you're able to update it. So Chase DeLauder got drafted in the first round. We're able to throw that in. So the book is continually updated and. Uh, you know, it takes like 12 hours to update things. So when people order the book, it's going to hopefully be even more current when they get their copy. I was going to say Gavin Cross from Virginia Tech. He's on the back cover of the one that I have. So, again, that just obviously happened, too, in, in the year that he had and with DeLotter and everything like that. So um, no question. And I know you guys talk a lot about um, World Series heroes, and it goes back to the first World Series to, to one of the latest World Series. Um, a lot of folks from Virginia have been a part of some big-time moments of the World Series. Yeah, we, we mentioned that going, you know, obviously uh, Chris Taylor is from Virginia Beach and played at University of Virginia. He was part of the Dodgers team in 2020. Of course, most people mo- know about Ryan Zimmerman and Sean Doolittle um, from the Nationals team in 2019. You know, we, we tried to focus on natives of Virginia, but, you know, Ryan Zimmerman is kind of a special case. Uh, right. You know, he, mo- he moved to Virginia at an early age, and obviously he represents Virginia really well. But, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there was a going way back. You know, there was a pitcher that went to William and Mary 
um, was part of the great Yankee teams in the 40s and 50s. He won something like five rings. So we threw that in there. Um, yeah, like I said, didn't want to get too much, you know, want to make it relevant for people today. But, you know, there are old-time baseball fans that like reading about the history of, say, guys that made it to the majors in the 70s and 80s. So we, we had a few of those as well. And what was it, uh, Deacon Phillip? F- Phillippe was, was a winning pitcher in the first World Series game ever played. Is that right? Right, yeah. Uh, he's from southwest Virginia um, and actually had a really good career. Again, that's going way back. Um, right. And, uh, you know, Justin Verlander um, is second among wins for Virginia natives. <laughs> um, Epi- Epirixi, who was born in Culpeper and li- grew up in Charlottesville, he was the first Hall of Famer from Virginia. Um, he has the most wins of any Virginia native, and we've got a chapter on him. And, you know, he's, his his birthplace is in Culpeper. And I should thank, there's so many people that helped us on this project, especially with photos. I mean, somebody yeah. from the city of Culpeper went out and took a photo of the house and emailed it to me, and so we got that in. So there were so many people that, that helped make this possible. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a, it's a long list, I'm sure, to, to, to make this project possible. We're talking to David Driver. He and Lacey Lusk wrote the book, From Tidewater to the Shenandoah. It's snapshots from Virginia's rich baseball legacy. And um, There's even the first woman to ever play for, for a college baseball team in the U.S. is from Virginia, right? Correct. Um, Julie Krautow from, from Manassas, um, she's – we were not able to reach her. I mean, there's some that's going to happen. We mm-hmm. didn't reach everybody that we wanted to, but she played at St. Mary's in Maryland in the 1990s. Um, I wanted to include as many women as we could. I, I think we could have done more. Um, you know, there's some real trailblazers. I mean, even Harrisonburg has has two of them. Um, you know, Amanda Sarver from Harrisonburg and JMU. She worked for the Orioles for a long time, and now obviously more women are in baseball now. You know, she was in social media. Um, Samantha uh, was a manager at JMU. She's now with operations at the College of Charleston. Um, so we wanted to feature as many women as we could, and, and I would have liked to have done more, but I, I feel good about we did get some representation in there on that. Mm-hmm, no doubt. We're talking with David Driver again. He's got his new book out. For, for, it's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. And I think some people forget that um, Norfolk and Richmond and those towns have had – Minor leagues for a long, long time. I mean, they've, they've been around for a long time. Um, it's still going strong right now. Did you guys touch on that a little bit? Yeah, we did. And, again, there's a, there's a whole book there. Um, you know, the history of, like, Richmond, you know, um, right now they're the Giants affiliate. They have been for mm-hmm. since about 2010, I believe. And, of course, the Giants have won three World Series during that time. But, you know, many fans from the Valley remember – Richmond as the whole the triple A home of the Richmond Braves. You know, I got to see them back when I was in college and the Braves of course won one World Series while they were affiliated with them. But then even before that, you you know, Rich the Richmond Yankees from the nineteen fifties um produced players that eventually helped that, that New York dynasty. So um and then Norfolk, you know, Norfolk uh is obviously the Orioles now and that's great for Virginia fans. Yeah. Um but they used to be they used to be the Mets uh-huh. and, and they had the uh, you know players that helped the Mets win the World Series in 1986. So, and the same is true of Lynchburg, um, you know, Salem. They had mm-hmm. different affiliates that came through and were part of Major League, you know, World Series winning teams producing prospects. Okay, we're talking with David Driver. His new book is out. It's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah. And it's, uh, again, it's uh, snapshots from Virginia's rich baseball legacy. And 
You know, tell me a couple of, of, of stories maybe that, that really you didn't know much about, but as you dove into, they, they turned out to be awesome to, to be able to put in the book. Are there a couple of, a couple of people or, or stories you found out about that, that you really didn't know much about? Yeah, well, I'll, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's a good question. I, I did come up with two, and they're both connected to the Shenandoah Valley. Found out about them in the past, say, year or two. Um, Josh Tutwiler um, played at Turner Ashby played at ODU, um, and was an assistant coach at VCU. He was actually at Clover Hill Monday night watching the game, so it was, it was nice <laughs> wow. to catch up with him. Um, he About 10 years ago, um, he had a tragic fall while he was hiking out in the Midwest. And, and, I'll, and I'll give credit, that story first appeared, I think, in the Daily Press about seven or eight years ago. So I, I came across that story and, and how he survived. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty inspirational story because it's his story, not because we, we wrote it, but it's just a really good story, and that's the last chapter in the book is, is the story about how he came back from that, that fall. He's, he's a person of strong faith. I really enjoyed getting to meet him. So that's one that comes across. And then Tyler Zombro, um, mm-hmm. who's from Stanton, um, played for the Stanton Braves, pitched at George Mason. Um, I think a lot of people probably may be aware that last year he was pitching for AAA Durham and got hit by a liner against Norfolk um, and – Fortunately, you know, um, he's been able to recover from that. He actually pitched for, came back and pitched earlier this season for Durham. So that's a really inspiring story and got the chance to talk to his family. And, and um, they've been very honest and open about him and, and that comeback. So those, those are probably the two inspiring stories to me, the two best inspiring stories that we have in the book. And again, for folks listening, those are just uh, that's just a snapshot of what they've got in there. There's so many different chapters about so many different people and, and uh, teams and regions and things like that. So if you can, check it out. Again, it's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. We're talking to David Driver. He and Lacey Lusk um, did this together. And, you know, you mentioned, too, and this was on the back cover, that the, the Virginia is the birthplace of five Hall of Famers, and four of them played in the Negro Leagues, which that's – that's an interest. I mean, that's just kind of ironic that they did, but that's pre- that's pretty cool. And then there's a there's a player that didn't make the Hall of Fame that was considered one of the best players from the 1910 and 20s. Uh, Spotswood Poles. He was born in Winchester, um, and we have a chapter on him. Um, he passed away um, several years ago, obviously, and, and he actually ended up living in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But we have something on him. Um, yeah, and Leon. Leon Day was born in Alexandria, Virginia, um, and then moved to Baltimore at an early age. So we, we claimed him. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, in the hall of, he's in the Hall of Fame. And this is really interesting, but um, Epa Rixey, the first Virginia native to make the Hall of Fame, and Leon Day, the first um, African-American from Virginia to make, to make the Hall of Fame, they both passed away in between the time that they were named to the Hall of Fame and the actual induction. Oh, there. wow. So... so we were able to track down the widow of, of Leon Day. She lives in a nursing home in the Baltimore area. I talked to her on the phone a couple weeks ago. Um, really great to talk to her. I, I wish I could have talked to her longer. But the interesting story, um, she, they got married later in life after his career was over. Um, they met, at a, he was running a bar, I think, in New Jersey. And they met, and she said it took two years till she found out that he had actually played baseball. Um, (laughs) So he he didn't bring it up. He was really humble about it. And the only reason she found out was that he got invited to return to Mexico to play in an old-timers game. And and he he said, hey, I've got two tickets to go to to Mexico. Do you want to go? And 
So that's how she found out. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think for most people that'd be the first thing they bring up. Oh yeah, I used to <laughs> used to be a big time ball player. <laughs> and we're talking about a guy who made the Hall of Fame. Right. So, uh, yeah, really interesting story. It's not just your everyday baseball player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, we're talking with David Driver. His new book is out. It's called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah. Um, what what else What else do you want people to know about about this book? Well, well I definitely want to give credit to, to um, Russ Eames, um, our, our cover designer. He lives in Harrisonburg. He has the Walker Press. Um, so again, that, these are type people that you, you know, you may not, they don't get the credit, you know, their bylines on the front of the book, but he did a run, wonderful job with the inside design. And then our cover designer, Russell Mimek is from the Baltimore area. He actually did my basketball book and I just think he just did a wonderful job on, on the front and back cover. Yeah. Um, that's like the first thing that people say, you know, is, wow, that looks really good. And, you know, especially when you self-publish, I mean, I've never done this before, but you know, when you're self-publishing, um, you know, I've heard from people, I've seen some books that don't really look very good. And so it's just nice that both of these, Russ and Russell, made us both look really good. The design um, is just really great. And so it's, it's nice to have a product that you can be proud of. So we, that, that's something I, I just definitely want to point out. Um, you know, I guess one other interesting story, you asked about things I learned. I, I'll throw out another one if you have a second. Absolutely, um, yeah. Um, Willie Horton um, played for the Detroit Tigers back on their 1968 World Series team. Ended up his career ended in 1980 with Seattle Mariners. He was an outfielder, DH. Um, wasn't a Hall of Famer, but an All Star. He ended up with like 325 home runs. Um, he's still living. We talked to him on the phone a couple weeks ago. He's a representative of the Detroit Tigers. He's uh, when he goes to spring training next year, it'll be like his 61st spring training in a row in Lakeland, Florida. But um, he was born in a coal mining community in southwest Virginia. Um, and he, his family moved to Detroit when he was really young. He, was, he had a large family. He grew up in, in Detroit, went to high school there, and then he was a star of the Detroit Tigers in 1968, and they won the World Series, um, which was a really big deal because there had been riots in Detroit, and he felt like that brought the, the city together. Well, another player on that 1968 team was Wayne Comer. Um, from Page County in Shenandoah. So um, Willie Horton actually came, he said, to Shenandoah a couple years ago and did a clinic with Mr. Comer. So uh, it was really wow. interesting to hear that story. So yeah. that, that was that was one of my favorite stories I heard. And again, you've mentioned a few here, but that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. So there's so many more in this book. If you're a fan of, of, of baseball, baseball, and, I mean, if you're a sports fan, this is a book for you from Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. Is the easiest way just to go to Amazon.com and get it from there? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, if you just type from Tidewater to the Shenandoah, it'll show up even without you saying putting in Amazon. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you Google from Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Amazon, it's going to be the first thing that's going to show up. Another way is to go to my website daytondavid.com dayton as in the town david.com and i've got a link at the top right hand side of my homepage. um my niece does a great job <laughs> Again, i'm going to give credit to where credit is due Absolutely. so yeah you can find a link to the book right at the top of my website well was this thrilling to, to be able to talk to so many folks about all, all these stories and and history and tradition what was it was it thrilling to talk about this Cause i know you love baseball yeah it, it was and, and like i said i mean i wish I wish that we had more time. I yeah, kind of had for sure. I, wa I wanted to have it come out by August one while the baseball season was still going. So 
So, you know, both Lacey has a full-time job. I've got another, other gig. So, you know, we were doing it on not our spare time, but, you know, trying to do it the best we could. Um, so yeah, there's a lot more out there. Um, some people have actually asked us about a second edition. Um, we may like maybe next summer we'll update things. We could, we could easily change the cover. We could swap out stories. So that's something that's in the back of our minds. Um, cause we've heard from people like, Oh, you didn't have something on say Sid thrift, who was the GM of the Orioles and pirates mm-hmm. and went to Randolph Macon. So we know we miss things. Um, so we just tried to do the best we could with the parameters we had and, you know, we'll, I guess we'll go from here. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll just try to keep updating as best we can. Absolutely, no doubt about that. And are, are is there another project you're working on now? Um, not really. Not yet. Um, I'm I'm ready to take a break. Um, you know, to, you know I self, self, I've learned a lot in the last year about self publishing. I yeah. mean, it's it's a great opportunity that people have these days. You don't have to rely on on finding a publisher, but it also there's a lot of legwork as well. Um, you know, maybe one day I've always thought about doing something about African-American baseball in Baltimore and Washington. Um, there has been some good books about that, but maybe not, you know, one that ties the two cities together. Mm-hmm. So that that's in the back of my mind. But right now I'm ready to kind of take a break. And I've got to do a little PR for, for the book here. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't hire a New York uh, PR firm to, <laughs> to, push, <laughs> to push our book. So uh, we don't have the, the resources for that. So, that's, I mean, that's a little tricky. It, it, I don't want to talk about myself or Lacey, but we're trying to talk about the story. So, yeah, no you question. know, that, that's, that's the way we try to approach it. Well, hopefully we can help you out a little bit, but uh, this has been awesome. Again, we, t- we talked to David in the summer about Hoop Dreams in Europe. That's available right now, and then also his latest one with Lacey Lusk. It's from Tidewater to the Shenandoah. Snapshots from Virginia's rich baseball legacy. So great stuff. I'm about halfway through it, and I can't wait to finish it up. So good stuff. Thank you for dropping by, David, by the way, also. But thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and hopefully we'll get some folks to, uh, to, to get the book from you and, and uh, learn more about the, all these different stories. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you having me on.